Welcome to Kindly Gifted. I'm your host, Kate Tarantiva, and I can't wait to unwrap the world of influence with you. Every day, your gifted episodes, see what I did there, to help you become fluent in the business of creativity and learn the best kept industry secrets to creating an online presence worth remembering. It's really like having a momager on speed dial. So let's dive into it. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you meet someone for the first time, you will have a gut feeling about them. And sometimes it feels almost like physical. Um, Something about them either makes you want to continue hanging out with them and seeing them and you feel so aligned or you're like immediately, no, I've seen what I needed to see, right? And quick little sidebar, it's called a gut feeling because there's been scientific research done that the flora in your gut actually determines a lot of how you feel and, and your behavior and influences that part. Um, and has been called your first brain in a sense because it does influence so much of the way that you see the world and and how you behave and the decisions that you make. Um, And the only reason I know that, by the way, is because I have Crohn's, which is an autoimmune disorder in your gut. Um, And when I was diagnosed, my doctor actually gave me this book called Gut. And it talks a lot about that. So just a very interesting sidebar. Highly recommend reading. You don't need to have gut issues to find it interesting. <laughs> but anyway, um, there's also something similar when you stumble upon a brand for the first time. And my mentor said something interesting that ultimately inspired this episode. She said, a brand can still sell even if you don't have products or services. And that's because a brand is a feeling. It's not, a brand isn't built around your product or service. If you do it correctly, that's not what it's built around. Um, It's built around how you want someone to feel. That's arguably the most important thing. Like fuck a logo, fuck a website. Um, You can have those things and those are great and those are important, especially if you do have products or services that you want to sell. But they should not be the first thing that you make out the gate without having to determine what is it that you want people to feel because you cannot you cannot create a good logo and good brand identity like a tangible brand identity if you don't determine how you want people to feel because of color psychology each color is associated with a different feeling um each uh color is associated with a certain societal um, concept and you have to be knowledgeable of them, even if you're going to break them. So innovation is something I talk a lot about, um, when it comes to branding and innovation isn't necessarily something new. It's just a different perspective on something already familiar. Um, you can hear more about that in the, um, episode with Cody Levine, Um, and finding your why and talking about like how they created the company twice, which is one of my favorite brands out there. It's toothpaste in yellow packaging, a very negative color in the oral care industry. And they took it and they reclaimed the meaning. Um, and that all came from 
how do we want people to feel? We want them to feel happy. We want them to embrace their teeth as they are. Teeth are naturally slightly yellow. Not everybody is born with veneers. (laughs) Nobody's born with veneers, girl. So, you know, that was something that they did in their brand identity to communicate what it is that they want people to feel and to attract the right type of audience that aligns with that feeling. Everything is a feeling. We make 90% of our decisions based on how we feel. That's citing the Harvard Business Review. Although arguably, I would cross out 90 and replace that with 100. Everything is based on feeling. When you scroll through ads on like, or any type of content really, on, on TikTok, on Instagram, on shorts, you will come across an ad eventually, right? How do you feel? What does that ad make you feel? What is, what is the gut feeling that you get from watching that? That's the art. Storytelling is psychology. It's not just about telling a story. It's about telling a story that will attract the right people and repel the right people. Because you don't want to attract everyone. You also don't want to repel everyone. But you don't want to be everybody's cup of tea by any means. To some people, that tea should taste like whiskey. Okay? (laughs) Um, And... Every single thing about how you ultimately end up communicating that feeling is very artfully, psychologically curated from the logo that you create to the color palette that you use to the way that your website user experience is structured to the advertisement that you create, let's say a video ad, what music you use, what models are being cast, what is the color grading like, um, what is uh, the editing like, Um, every single component, what channel you ultimately advertise on. Everything is tied to how do we want people to feel? And you think about how do they already feel about this thing? How can we make them feel like this about this same thing that they currently feel something different about? Again, twice is a wonderful example of that. People already feel that they don't want yellow teeth. However, naturally speaking, unless, like I said, you have veneers, you probably do have some natural kind of ivory tones in your teeth. How do we make people comfortable with the smile that they already have? And keep that smile and take care of that smile that they already have without having to uproot everything and change it and go to Turkey and get veneers. (laughs) You know? Okay, let's let's make this into yellow packaging. Because people feel a little negatively about that, but... In other industries, people feel really happy about the color yellow. It's a bright color. It's a sunshiny color. So why can't we apply that to this? It's all, you know, it's, it's understanding how people already feel about something and being able to break those rules. But you can't just go out and be like, okay, cool, I'm going to create a brand identity and I'm going to create a da-da and it's going to be cute and I love it. That's great that you love it, but, um, you know, you're not the one buying your shit. <laughs> Other people are. That's why I also don't believe in self-made. I don't think that's real because unless you are buying your own products and you are advising yourself and you are putting money into your own pocket in every single purchase that you get and you are liking all of your own content, you are the sole viewer and follower of your own stuff, then you are, unless that is the case, then you are not self-made because it takes a village. And you have to understand how that village feels 
in order for them to then want to put money into your pocket. Um, that's why I also think that a lot of brands don't survive and a lot of brands don't become brands. They stay as businesses because a brand, like my mentor said, is something that you can sell even if you don't have products or services. A business, you need products or services in order to sell it. But a brand is a feeling. A business is, is merely a product. For example, you know, Nike is one of those brands that everybody looks up to and they're like, oh, Nike, that's like the, the pinnacle of branding. Okay, let's reverse engineer it. What is the feeling that you get from Nike? That's for you to answer how you feel about it. But I'm going to tell you how, what was intended by Wyden and Kennedy, which was the agency that created Nike's brand identity. They started with, what do we want people to feel? We want them to feel like winners. But we also want to ensure that they take action. We don't want them to feel like super, super aspirational when they come across our brand. We want to inspire them to be winners, not make them think, oh, I'll never be a winner. Okay. All right. How do we do that? Let's use the tools that we need to use to communicate that. We'll use typography. We'll use colors. We'll use our logo. We'll use our brand name. We'll then uh, use the brand tone in our copywriting. Um, we will then use a very specific art direction in our advertisements and color grading and editing. We'll cast certain models. We'll participate in these trending conversations, but we will not participate in these. So when you actually start taking that feeling and looking how it manifests, Nike which is actually pronounced Nike, um, since everybody wanted to clock me about Rimova on TikTok, um, Nike stands is, is the Greek goddess of victory. I hope you're already starting to connect some dots. Um, the swoosh is a check mark. Like, yes, I did it. <gasps> Just do it. If you, gotta, if you wanna win, you gotta just do it. If you don't just do it, you ain't never gonna win. That's the concept of the brand, right? Then you go look at their advertisements. They're all so heartfelt and emotional. It's all about winning in different types of environments. And at this point, it's not even just about sports. You know, obviously they cater to athletes and people that are into fitness and athleticism and, you know, that kind of stuff. But performance can be really in any, any, any aspect and winning can apply to really anything at this point. And they have enough brand equity that they can make an ad about literally anything now. Um, any scenario that has to do with winning and they would still sell things. But initially, when they started making ads, it was more sports-concentrated and sports-focused, of course, because they are a sports brand at the end of the day. But at this point now, they're a media company. So the scope of what they can talk about when it comes to victory and winning is a lot larger than what they did when they were beginning. But that's an example. So it's all about feelings. You have to understand that people feel things. That's why it's so important. And I was talking about this with... with um, with another mentor about, she was asking me like, how do you, what, what is your background and how did you like get into the, all of this stuff? And I made a distinction that I personally was not taught consumer behavior. That's just something I enjoyed seeking out on my own. And I do like slightly regret that this was not taught to me in, um, 
like a training program or, you know, even in experience, like you kind of keep your fingers crossed and hope that if you don't learn it yourself, you find somebody at an agency gig or working in-house who is so in tune with consumer psychology and consumer behavior and like neuromarketing that you learn from them if you don't go and independently seek it out. But for me, I was just really passionate about this, but I want to make it very clear that this is not taught. It should be. Um, Because that's how we end up having advertisements and branding that is either made for the founder and the founder is the only one that likes it or um, it's made for other marketing people to appreciate. And that's how we end up with advertisements that talk at the consumer and don't engage them into a dialogue. That's how we saw the shift of McDonald's being this bland, boring corporation and sales are going down and they realize that in order for people to buy, they have to engage them in a meaningful conversation. They have to meet the audience where they are, not make them meet McDonald's. They already know McDonald's and they are not, they're not interested. So how do you make them interested? By coming to them. It's all a human to human business. I think when brands realize that, when founders realize that, when marketers realize that it's a human to human business that you're advertising and that you're creating branding for, um, you end up having a lot more respect for consumer psychology and how people think and how people feel because that is the make or break of the success of your brand. That's what forms your brand. When you have a brand identity, that doesn't mean you have a brand. You have a brand when you can go out into the world and ask people, what do you feel about this? And you show them a product or an ad or you show them a brand identity, whatever asset it is that you want to show them. And they tell you how they feel and that feeling aligns with exactly how you want them to feel. That's when you have a brand. Because hopefully the research that you've already done about how they will feel is what will align with how they feel. You know them already. They don't know you. But you know how they feel. That's done through research. That's done through neuromarketing. That's done through consumer psychology, behavior psychology. Um... So it's really important to understand these things. I'm not saying this to make anybody like feel intimidated or feel like discouraged. I'm, I hope actually that this inspires you to like understand who your consumer is. Because that's how you end up building something like Nike or like Glossier or like, I don't know, Tiffany's for lack of a better example. Is that your customer is so invested in everything that you do that they they feel so understood by you that they will literally buy anything. Go on TikTok and look up Glossier Cult. <laughs> or Reddit. Oh my God, I stumbled upon a Reddit thread the other day. It was like 40,000 people in this subreddit of like gung-ho Glossier Cult members. People that are so obsessed with everything the company does. They buy everything even if they don't need it because they love the way the company makes them feel. That's branding. It's not the Glossier logo. It's not the millennial pink. It's the feeling that comes with being part of the Glossier community that they have so intentionally created in order to feel, make their humans, their customers feel welcome. You, you want to build a world around your customer. 
Um, you don't want to build a world and then expect that your customer is just going to like be obsessed with it immediately. They become obsessed when they feel like it's been made for them and made around them. Um, so I hope this is a helpful perspective when it comes to branding. And I think a challenge that I would encourage you to do is, is when you stumble upon ads, like be very aware about how they make you feel and what gut feelings they give you. Cause that will help you understand what do I like about certain advertisements? What do I like about certain brands and the way they position themselves? And what can I do differently if I'm looking to innovate from an emotional perspective? Cause that's ultimately where the in- innovation is. You can have the most technically complex product that nobody has ever seen before. You can create content that nobody has ever done before, but if that's all you're focused on is doing something no one's ever done before, but you have not focused on what is the emotional benefit of the end consumer, the end user, the end audience member, then it will not be successful. So if you think of this as a human to human interaction and not just a business, then it will help solidify a lot of the branding aspect and you will go from building a business to having a brand. Thanks for tuning in to Kindly Gifted. To support the podcast, please leave a review, share with your friends, and don't forget to subscribe. Make sure you follow me on TikTok at Kate Mob for more creative secrets from the internet's momager. See you on the next episode of Kindly Gifted.